Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the communications specialist in Syracuse University's Office of Alumni Engagement. I'm also a 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a degree in broadcast journalism. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. Mental wellness feels really heavy and, and, you know, your loneliness or your anxiety or your stress is this weight that is just weighing on you. And it doesn't have to feel that way. And that's the whole reason they started Liberate is because when you have a community supporting you and when you are empowered to work through your anxiety and work on yourself, it takes a lot of that heaviness away. Well, folks, today on the podcast, we have such a timely guest for our alumni audience. Her name is Liv Bowser, and she is going to talk about mental well-being, the mental state that we're all dealing with right now. There's so much anxiety. There's so much uncertainty that comes with life in the year 2021 with the pandemic, with the political landscape. And who better to talk about this than someone who is a certified meditation and mindfulness teacher. She graduated with a marketing management degree from Whitman in 2016. She is the founder and CEO of the LA-based Liberate Studio, the first ever mental wellness studio in Los Angeles on a mission to to bring human beings together through movement, community, and mindfulness. And her name is Liv Bowser. How is that for an introduction? That was pretty perfect. I think you covered everything. (laughs) Thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you here on the Alumni Podcast. You've got a really interesting story to tell, and we always try to bring relevant guests on here. During this pandemic, we all, whether you've lost a job, whether you've lost a loved one, whether you've been teaching your kids at home and your whole world has been turned upside down, we've all been dealing with anxiety Uh, We've been learning to cope with this anxiety, but it can be uncertain times that we're living in right now. So what advice do you have for people about how we can train our minds to better deal with and cope with this anxiety? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of my anxiety and my kind of anxiety overwhelm in the past came from not understanding it, not understanding the source and also not understanding that I could coexist with it. Whenever I felt anxious, it just completely took me over. It was a little bit paralyzing. And what's really, you know, what the good news is about anxiety is that you can coexist with it and you can befriend it. So a lot of the meditations I do are around saying hello to your anxiety and welcoming it into your mind and just hanging out together, like not trying to push it away or run away from it and just sitting with it and realizing that it's, it's manageable and, you know, it will pass just like everything else. That's, I think the best advice I could give is that nothing is permanent. So those really intense pockets of anxiety you feel are going to pass and it might pass in five minutes. It might pass in an hour, but you know, you're not going to feel like that forever. And a lot of the time when we get anxious, it feels like it's never going to go away. And that's what can be so tough about it. Yeah, that permanent fear, if you will, that the situation you're living in, whatever you're dealing with on that daily basis, that it's it's going to resonate forever and not going away is, is a hard fact to kind of come to grips with. Um, you mentioned not being afraid of your anxiety, sitting in the room, if you will, with your anxiety and kind of coming to grips with it. It can be easier said than done. So how, how do you recommend that people 
because there's such a stigma, I think, associated with anxiety. How do we fight through that stigma of the fact that, you know what, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to have fears that might not be resolved easily. For me, what was really helpful was finding more of a community around the practice. Mental wellness feels really heavy and, and, you know, your loneliness or your anxiety or your stress is this weight that is just weighing on you. And it doesn't have to feel that way. And that's the whole reason they started liberate is because when you have a community supporting you and when you are empowered to work through your anxiety and work on yourself, it takes a lot of that heaviness away. And you feel this sense of levity, even when working with an uncomfortable emotion. So you know, there's so many different like apps you can try for mindfulness and meditation, but for, you know, anyone seeking more of a community around it to feel a little bit more supported in your practice, that's what liberates for, you know, there are other different, um, live zoom classes for yoga or live zoom classes for meditation. You can try to, and, you know, just kind of find what works best for you, but there's a lot of power in making the practice you know, something that you can do with others instead of feeling like you're on this journey alone. When we say the phrase, you know, meditation and mindfulness, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What does that mean to you? And how do you, how has this kind of become your, your life's work where you really feel like you've got a talent to give back to people who are looking for these, these tips and these pointers? I think meditation still has a little bit of a woo-woo connotation. So we're working on that. <laughs> but, you know, what's really beautiful, and I feel fortunate about this with meditation, is it's been around for a very long time. It's been, you know, a, a format in Eastern culture for, you know, since before time, essentially. And it has a lot of data surrounding it. So even if you think it's a little woo-woo or it's not up your alley or you're just simply really uncomfortable sitting in silence, you know, you can Google the the benefits of meditation and they're truly endless. They actually, it actually changes the way your brain works. It creates an inner state of calm. It boosts productivity at work. It boosts, boosts performance at work. So even if you think like, this is a waste of time, why would I sit in silence for 20 minutes? There are so many benefits that can't be denied around it. And for me, I mean, I still have anxiety, but I used to be pretty anxious and I did not have a good grip on it. And it really scared me. And I think that was what stood out to me most is when I was anxious, like I, I needed to go outside. I needed to get moving. It was like, I was trying to run away from it, but it was just me. And so mindfulness is being aware of that and existing with that. And meditation is working to create space around it and create calm around it. So you just feel better all day. I mean, I, I feel really calm as a baseline emotion. And that was not the case for, I would say majority of my life. So, you know, I became a a certified teacher because I think it's, it's a life-changing modality that has a little bit of a stigma around it. And my goal is to remove that and to empower people to use whatever tools feel right to you. It's not a one size fits all, but whatever tools feel good to you and help you feel better, do that. And that's my only goal. Why do you think it is that uh, people are so willing to, you know, we're in a new year, people want to work on their physical selves, they want to go, you know, get workouts in, they want to change their dietary habits to make sure that they're getting a healthier lifestyle. But it seems like people are a little bit reluctant to get to that mental space when it comes to 
improving themselves and bettering themselves? Why do you think that people are so slow and there might be that stigma to welcome working on yourself and your mental side of things? I think there's definitely a mentality of it's fine. I'm fine. Like when someone asks you how you are, you say, I'm good. How are you? Even if you're not good, like even if your sky is falling, it's, it's our default to be okay. And it's pretty uncomfortable to admit that you're not at first. So it's easier to be like, I want to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to see the immediate results or the near future results of those bicep curls I did or that run on the treadmill. And people are going to compliment you on it too. They're going to be like, you look so good. Have you been working out? And they don't do that when you've been meditating and you are less anxious. No one comes up to you and is like, hey, you look less anxious. Have you been meditating? And so I think there's like a slight... It's slightly less gratifying from the outside to work on that inner work because, you know, you can't flaunt it on vacation or post it on Instagram, but it feels so good. And so, you know, what, what I try to educate on at Liberate is it's a mindfulness and meditation is a practice the same way, you know, physical fitness is a practice and you train for a marathon and you, you know, practice your yoga so you can learn how to do those more advanced poses. And it's the same for mindfulness. You know, you have to continue to build on your practice to get stronger. You don't just meditate once and reap the benefits. You know, you have to, you have to keep up that consistent work. So I think it's, it's more difficult to keep with because you maybe don't see the result as much, but once you start to notice that change in yourself, it's impossible to stop. You know, I meditate every day. I can't imagine not because I know what it does for me. How did you come up with the idea for Liberate? I, um, like I said, I had some anxiety of my own in college and it got worse after college. I think, you know, high school and college do a really great job of preparing you for so many things, but no one really tells you about all the transitions post-college that you're going to have to go to on your own, whether it's a new job, a new boyfriend, you know, moving apartments, losing a grandparent, getting married, having a baby, like the list of life transitions goes on and it can feel pretty lonely and anxiety inducing to go through all those transitions. If you don't feel like you have the tools to feel confident or to exercise resilience or to manage your anxiety and I didn't have any of those things and I really, I really wanted them and I didn't know how to get them. I, you know, I turned to physical fitness to exercise and to get those endorphins and to feel like I had a community supporting me in in the physical fitness studios that I went to, but it wasn't enough. And I didn't leave any class feeling like I had a better relationship with myself or I had a healthier mindset And that was really what I needed. So the idea was really just to take the model of a physical fitness studio like SoulCycle or a yoga studio or anything like that and just focus on your mental well-being instead of your physical health. And, you know, that didn't exist, which was, you know, pretty mind-blowing to me. But um, that's, you know, that's why Liberate is here. And and clearly, uh, you know, you chose a great time to try to open uh, the studio uh, during the middle or right before the pandemic struck, what kind of uh, challenges did you face and how did you navigate those challenges of, because eventually all your classes have gone online, but I'm sure it wasn't like that at the beginning. So kind of take us back to the 
February, March timeframe, um, how did that whole process go of, of launching Liberate? And then what were the conversations? Did you ever face that thought of, holy cow, we might have to close this down and we just got started? Yeah. Um, so I, I had my dream was to open a brick and mortar um, studio in LA, which is where I'm based and was in the process of like working on the business plan and working on the brand and did not have, you know, everything secured by Feb, March. And then, you know, we started to hear about COVID. Wasn't sure how it was going to affect the States. California is doing such a great job. (laughs) And then, you know, and then that obviously changed. Um, And so we never, we never had classes in person. We never had that studio because everything changed really in March for us. And I saw, you know, what was an epidemic before COVID of loneliness and stress only increase as you know everyone was staying at home and as the state of the world was really scary and I just decided to launch you know classes virtually over zoom in May and see you know what did my friends think and I'll just have people come for free and we'll just try to you know be a resource for people to feel a little better and it was very the need became very apparent you know we asked people after class, how did you feel coming into class? And how did you feel after? And everyone said they felt anxious coming into class. And afterward, everyone said they felt calm or strong. And that, I mean, was all the data I needed to know that this, this is necessary. And, you know, we've been leading classes ever since online. We have classes six days a week. We have four other class leaders. Two of them are SU grads, which is really fun building that, that support system from school doesn't die. Um, but you know, it's just been, it was a really, you know, important move for myself just as a human being to feel like I was doing something purposeful and I am following what matters to me. And, you know, it's not an easy decision to decide to to start something and leave a comfortable job, but I feel really fulfilled and really excited about just being able to like evolve with the times and who knows what the future looks like. I'd love to have a brick and mortar studio down the line, but for now, for the foreseeable future, you know, we'll all be digital, which is really fun because we're supporting people everywhere instead of just in LA, you know, we have a community all over the country, even globally too. So it's been, um, it's been definitely like challenging, but it's been really fun and really rewarding. Now I'm glad you mentioned, uh, fulfillment. I think that we all should be striving to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And, and you, there's an article that uh, Liv was quoted in, uh, where you're talking about your life before liberate. Can you give our audience you're working for a startup that's focused on consumer packaged goods, and you've got this great you know, management marketing degree from Whitman, but something was missing. What was missing from your, from your life and from this great job and this great startup? And how did you get from that moment of having a gap to realizing I've got to change this and, and, and you go and pursue Liberate? I have been fortunate to have really wonderful jobs. And I started working at startups really right after graduation. I've never worked for a big corporation because I knew I wanted to be in a role and at a company where I felt like I was needed every day and everything I did made a huge difference. I was like able to see the impact that I was making for a brand's growth and things like that. And that was really fun for me, but it didn't, I knew I wanted something to be mine because I just knew I wouldn't, I would never care about something as much if I didn't, you know, create it and birth it and grow it. And 
I was honestly like patiently waiting for the idea to, to come to me and was, you know, getting amazing experience from these really successful brands, working with really smart people, working closely with C-suite teams and learning as much as possible. And just kind of had the thought in the back of my mind, like when I have an idea I'm excited about, that's what I'll do. And whenever it comes to me, I'll go for it. I didn't just want to be an entrepreneur to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to start something that really mattered to me. And I had the idea for Liberate probably, I think 2018 and spent, you know, some time thinking about it and talking to experts and writing a business plan like a good business student would. (laughs) And, um, you know, the more I learned and the more I thought about it, I was like, this is a no brainer. This is, you know, the future of, of human well-being. And, um, yeah. So it was, it was not easy to leave, you know, the world that had been so good to me and that honestly, I really enjoyed, but my desire to, to work on liberate just outweighed everything else. And it's almost as if the, you know, the gods conspired again with, with the pandemic to teach you yet another lesson in resiliency, <laughs> because unfortunately, you know, it was challenging and you couldn't just up and open the brick and mortar store. You had to transition your classes online someone who considers themselves so based in meditation and mindfulness, what have you learned about your own resiliency based on the challenges you've had to confront during the pandemic? I, and this is, this is from my own experience. This is also just from witnessing humans over the past year. We are so capable of, of anything. And, you know, that's a double-edged sword, but it's, it's really powerful to be like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so sick of this. I'm so over it. And then six months later, you're still doing it and you're doing just fine. And that, you know, is is in reference to this lifestyle, but it's also in reference to just working, you know, nonstop and running into a roadblock and wondering how you're ever going to make money and, you know, asking yourself all these tough questions, but continuing anyway. And, you know, we have a a whole theme at Liberate called Get Resilient, where we, we do resilience training and a huge pillar of resilience training is aligning with your purpose and what matters to you and your goals. And because I think I have such a clear alignment on those three things for myself, nothing really feels, of course, things feel challenging, but nothing feels impossible. Everything feels doable. And that is something that I think is a huge mindset shift that really everyone is capable of, but it takes a lot of work to to start thinking like that, you know, and, and doing what you love definitely helps. Oh, for sure. You have to follow your passions. And, and one of the fun parts about this podcast live is bringing on passionate Syracuse alumni who want to talk about, you know, their journeys. And I just, I don't know, I think it, it's fascinating to, to look at what you've done and you, you, you take this leap of faith and you pivot uh, during a time when a lot of people might've said, Oh, well, you know what, let's stick to what we know. Let's stick to the known and you pushed, you, 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 you threw caution to the wind and, and took a leap at this. And I'm so happy to hear that Liberate is doing well. You've been able to successfully navigate these transitions. Given what I know, which is limited, about mindfulness and yoga and meditation, it seems like it would be a little difficult to replicate the intimate atmosphere of being in a studio online and through Zoom. How do you try to go about creating that same safe space and that same space to grow in the online situation? Great question. Um, I think honestly, luckily I didn't have an in-person studio, so I wasn't trying to replicate anything that existed because <laughs> um, I didn't know what that felt like. So it was, you know, just online from the get-go, but I have been 
blown away by how willing people are to be open, how willing people are to put themselves out there and try something new because I mean, mental health is not mainstream. Like there is definitely a stigma around talking about your mental well-being and yet we still have, you know, participants come to class and be open and share and create a safe space for everyone else too and you know, our leaders who lead class, we're not called teachers or instructors. We're called leaders because we're really just creating a space and and leading you through an experience to connect to you and to connect to others. You know, everything is optional and open for modification and it's really safe and accessible for every human being. The only, you know, obligation is for you to have an open mind and just allow yourself to go wherever comes naturally. And so I think that's a really unique, you know, piece of Liberate that doesn't exist in any other studio because a lot of studios and classes and life feels super performance-based and you're going to a boxing class and I'm like, okay, I got to go after I have a protein shake. And when I am like stretched out and hyped up and, you know, you're performing at work and you're performing in life and it just, it feels like it never stops. So to be able to come to a space that is just holding space for you to give and to take as you know, you'd like to is really unique. And so I think, you know, most participants just feel really safe knowing that that's why we exist. It's for no other reason other than that. I, I, I want to ask you a, a bit of a personal inspirational question when it comes to meditation and, and the power of the mind. Is there a quote, uh, something that you've come across that really resonated so well with you that has influenced your, your teachings and influenced your, your classroom spaces with, 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 uh, with liberate what's a, what's your, your go-to inspirational quote that, you know, if you're having a bad day or, you know, you tell your peers in classes, what really stands out as being that inspirational quote to you? Yes, there is a Confucius quote that I am really passionate about. I think I actually discovered it in college. Um, And he says, by three methods, we learned wisdom. First, by reflection, which is the noblest. Second, by imitation, which is the easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. And that helps me because, I mean, I'm constantly learning. I've never started a company before. And there are so many different ways to absorb and move forward. And knowing that everything has a purpose or choosing to believe that everything has a purpose has been really helpful for me to allow myself to, you know, move without boundaries and just create and talk to people and be okay with failure and know that failing is learning and know that reflecting is, is helpful and know that imitating and, you know, choosing to have inspiration by other existing brands or existing founders is meaningful too. And, um, that's just been helpful for me to to understand that there's no like one right way to move forward, but everything kind of has value. Reflecting back on your experiences and to kind of pivot off of that question, was there an aha moment during your launch when you realized, you know what, I mean, this was a risk, but this is going to pay off. I know you mentioned the demand and people having an interest in this, but personally speaking, what was that aha moment when you realized, all right, Liberate's going to make it. I had, you know, like I said, we have a team of, of four other class leaders now, and most of them, I think all of them actually came to me and said, I'd like to be a class leader. Like, are you hiring? And 
I found Liberate on Instagram and I just feel like I manifested this. And there was so much passion to be involved that I was like, okay, this is like, we're onto something. This is really, you know, something that it's not just my vision and it's not just like, oh, I care about this and nobody else does. It's, you know, there are, there are people coming to me and wanting to be involved because they, wanted this too. And, you know, they saw a need for this in themselves. And that was just really encouraging, um, to know that, you know, I wasn't alone in my, my desire for something like this. It's a great, it's a great story. It's a great adventure you've put together of navigating against some tricky circumstances, getting your, you know, following your dreams and having those goals. And we're very happy to hear about the success that you've had with the LA based liberate studio. If you have any questions about, Liberate and their classes. It's liberatestudio.com, all one word. That's Liberate Studio. Uh, Liv Bowser has been our guest on the podcast so far. And Liz, I want to now do a little bit of a history lesson with you. Take us back to Syracuse University and why you chose to attend the Beacon on the Hill in Central New York. What drew you to Syracuse in the first place? Well, I okay, I have to confess that I'm from 45 minutes outside of Syracuse. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I'm getting as far away from my parents as humanly possible. Um, but, you know, in the end, I, I considered all these other kind of city-based schools. And I just, there was no denying that SU was such an incredible school. Whitman was a really great business school. My older sister was going to be a senior there so we could be together. I knew that there were so many different, you know, clubs and organizations I could join and really get involved on campus. And it just, it was just the right choice for so many reasons. I, I ended up studying abroad twice and I knew that SU had really great um, abroad programs too. So I, I just decided I would avoid my parents if they ever wanted to come to campus and I, and I was <laughs> to, to go to SU. And it was honestly, I mean, I feel like I'm already so old to, to just decide that it was the best four years of my life, but it really, you know, has so much to offer. And from an educational standpoint, from a communal standpoint, just from a growing up in a safe and happy environment, I couldn't have picked a better school. And um, yeah, I, you know, I love being involved with SU as, as an alum too, because it's, it's a lifelong relationship for me, for sure. Yeah. And the power of the orange network. I'm very happy to hear you employ fellow alumni at Liberate. We always talk about the power of that 241,000 person network. We love to hire orange and we're glad that you're practicing what we preach here with hiring orange alumni to, to fill those positions uh, with Liberate. What is the most valuable piece of advice you ever received at Syracuse and how does that really stick and resonate with you today? Yeah, I had a um, really wonderful Whitman professor who had us win or had us read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People in a sales class. And I think that was, that was the most valuable class I ever took at Syracuse. And it was because it, it translated not to sales and not to business, but just to life and how to communicate with people and how to listen to people and and it expressed that there's not like a one size fits all and everyone kind of has different communication needs and everyone receives things differently. And it was really eye-opening, I think, especially as a, as a college student to realize like, oh, it's not your way or the highway. Like there are so many different ways to create meaningful relationships and relationships are really, you know, the foundation for everything we do at Liberate. So that was 
that class is any Whitman student listening to this, that class is a must um, if it's still around because it was really, really helpful for me just to grow as, as a human and as a business student. And when it comes to um, outside of the classroom, you know, you mentioned you got to study abroad twice. You uh, did downhill skiing competitively here for Syracuse. What are some of your favorite moments and memories from being a student at Syracuse? Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even pick. Um, so many. I mean, the basketball games were always the best time. The tailgates, of course, at Castle. I don't even think it's called Castle anymore. Um, but, you know, I think the most memorable moments for me were anything that involved the group of people that I was able to make friends with at Syracuse through, you know, my sorority and different organizations I was part of. And I don't really think I ever found my people in high school, like some people do. And for me finding, you know, really meaningful human connection through Syracuse was the biggest benefit and the happiest moments and the best friends who are still my best friends. And they just make everything brighter. And I think that was what Syracuse gave as one of the biggest gifts is like allowing you to be who you truly are and then find other people who like you, you know, and that was, that was just so fun. Well, we always try to pay it forward here to live on the podcast. So I have to leave you with this question here. What advice do you give to students who let's, we, we do have a pretty strong audience of students who listen to our podcast. So if a student's listening and they hear your story, what advice would you give them about how they can find that same level of fulfillment with their career that you have found so far here with Liberate? I would say be open-minded and be okay with changing your mind all the time. Like I had no mental health was not on my radar in college at all. It wasn't on anyone's. And just by listening to myself and spending time with myself, I was able to uncover what really mattered to me. And I think that's the same for, you know, most people. So if you, if you're not sure what really matters to you, that's okay, but just spend some more time with yourself and, you know, be open to whatever thoughts come into your head, explore those. And, you know, there's no wrong answer, I think is another really huge learning, you know, anything that feels right to you is probably right. That's what I would say. (laughs) It's a valuable piece of advice here from Liv Bowser, the founder and CEO of the LA based liberate studio. We wish you nothing but the best of luck and hopefully you'll get that brick and mortar studio opened up sooner than later. But for now, I know you're in good hands with those online classes through Zoom. Best of luck with everything, Liv, and thank you for stopping by the podcast. Thanks so much, John. Talk soon. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast.